Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I have the biggest smile on my face right now because today we're going to talk about something that is so important to me and I want it to be so important to you and that is personal freedom and financial freedom. And I'll tell you right now that I used to feel a little weird talking about money because I know that it's a loaded subject and I know that a lot of people get uncomfortable talking about money But let me just set the stage for why this is so important to me. One of the primary reasons for depression is financial stress. You are way higher, three times higher to have a mental health issue if you have debt. That's really significant. Imagine if you had triple the risk of cancer if something. Like that something would become very, very significant because triple the risk is very significant. So we're talking about anxiety. We're talking about depression. We're talking about all sorts of really damaging lifestyle issues that happen when we have debt. And it's not just debt. It can be, you can be debt free and still not be financially free and still have a ton of stress and pressure. It comes down to this. Financial health is a huge part of overall health. And I'm not exaggerating that. The bottom line with stress and anxiety is that they are the catalyst, the origin of many health problems. Stress, anxiety, depression, overwhelm, all of those things, when they become chronic, persistent, not just like I had a stressful day, but I am stressed most of the time, I am anxious most of the time, I am worried most of the time or a lot of the time, those things create a change in our biochemistry that is often the origin of disease, diseases of neurodegeneration, inflammatory diseases, cellular diseases. They can begin with chronic stress and they often do because the chronic stress drives up inflammation and inflammation is the starting point for almost every disease. Financial well-being is a huge part of overall well-being. Financial health is a huge part of mental health, of physical health. And the reality is we've never lived in a better time in terms of our ability to create a change in our financial situation. It doesn't matter to me if you're listening to this and you're 65 years old. It doesn't matter to me if you're listening to this and you have no formal education. Financial freedom, financial flexibility, it is for you. No matter how much debt you have or how long you think it's going to take, especially if you have convinced yourself that it's not for you or it's too hard or it'll take too long, you need this the most. Financial freedom is available to every one of us, whether we are stay-at-home mom or we are 
uneducated or we are out of the workforce, it is available to all of us. All of us. Last year, on or around July 4th, I aired episode 624 of the podcast. It feels like so much more than a year ago. At the time, I had just found out I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant on June 25th. And I gave so much thought to what I wanted my life to be like as a mom, right? Because what I didn't want was to outsource raising my kids. And it wasn't like I was making this decision as a 24-year-old and wasn't going to be having kids for 10 years. No, I was making this decision while I was already pregnant. And that felt um, daunting. But the reality is it's not, it's not a short game. It's a long game. We can make progress in six months and we can continue to make progress over six years. It is possible for all of us. And I think we all need to take it very seriously. Now, flash forward. Things have changed in a year. I had a healthy pregnancy all the way through. I delivered a healthy baby. I brought my beautiful, healthy girl home. And then, you know, the wheels fell off the bus. And unfortunately, um, we lost her. And all of that has changed me. The first couple weeks having her home changed me. Nine plus months of pregnancy changed me. Losing her changed me. One thing that didn't change is my desire for my own financial freedom and my passion for helping you become financially free. Because a few things happened that kind of reinforced this and made this even more of a burning desire over the last year. Shortly after I recorded episode 624, and if you have not listened to episode 624, please, please make a note right now, go back to it, maybe even pause this one, go back to 624 and then listen. In August of last year, I got a message on WhatsApp, which is an international text message service for those of you that don't know. Chris's parents uh, live in Germany temporarily and for a few years, and his dad had gone into the hospital on June 26th, and everything was like, you know, okay. It wasn't anything serious. It wasn't anything major until all of a sudden it was. It was serious, and it was major, and I got this message on WhatsApp because Chris's mom couldn't get in touch with him. And so she reached out to me and essentially Chris's dad had taken a turn for the worst. And she was saying to her three sons, you guys need to get, you need to get here. Like, it's not good. You need to get here. But here is Germany. And uh, I couldn't get a hold of Chris either. And I got online and I found a flight to Germany that night and I bought it for him right away. Now, Buying a same-day flight to Germany, not cheap. It was about $3,000. And I was going to stay here for a day to figure out getting somebody to watch the dog and somebody to watch the chickens and all of that sort of stuff. And so I bought myself a flight for the next day. But again, buying a flight for tomorrow to Germany is not cheap. Another $3,000. And I can't imagine if we had had to say we can't afford it. I can't imagine if in that moment of high stress, it was like, oh, we wish we could be there, but it's too expensive. Or if we had to borrow the money and then create another stress when we were already, so we were in the middle of a renovation that wasn't going well. I was pregnant and now Chris's dad was fighting for his life, but 
we didn't have a stress from spending an unexpected $6,000 on plane tickets and thank God for it because it's so important to me and to Chris to be the people who show up. More important than ever to create a family where we show up no matter what. So we bought those plane tickets. The second Chris drove in the driveway, I said, I've got your passport. We need to pack a bag. We need to leave for the airport in 20 minutes. And we got there. And that was huge. And then when we were faced with our own crisis, I shared this in a social media post not that long ago. And, and don't worry, this isn't going to be like a dark, sad episode. But what I want to do is, is show you that financial freedom is for everybody. And financial freedom isn't about having nice cars and a big house and a boat and all of that. Like, if you want to do it, go for it. You know, you only get one life. Why not? But it is about being able to do more for other people. It is about being able to serve. It is about being able to do more for your family. It is about having options. And as I see it, it's not a nice to have, like, oh, must be nice. No, it is an obligation on all of us. So I shared on social media that uh, when we were first a little bit concerned about Dagny, it was really nothing. Like We were kind of like, do we take her in? Do we not take her in? Everything seems fine. Um, and even when we got her to the hospital, they just felt like she was a little dehydrated. And they literally told us, yep, we're just going to top her off with fluids. You guys will be back home in a few hours. And uh, in, in a matter of those same few hours, things changed dramatically. And I ended up in an ambulance, in the front seat of an ambulance with Dagny in the back with this amazing care team. And Joe, the ambulance driver, I, if somebody knows ambulance drivers in and around Boston and knows somebody named Joe, please let me know because I'd love to get in touch with him and just thank him for being an angel in my life that day. But I promise this is not a sad episode. This is an empowering episode. So hang with me for a minute, okay? So what Joe said to me was, I want to tell you about a little bit about what to expect when we get to Boston Children's Hospital. And, you know, he told me a bunch of things that, that aren't pertinent to this, but one thing he said was, this is going to be a long road. If they're able to save your baby, this is going to be a long road. You're going to be in Boston for a long time. And in my head, of course, I'm thinking like, oh, everything was fine like a minute ago, and now it's clearly not. And that was a huge thought. But my, but my instant thought was, okay, we'll get an apartment in Boston as close to the hospital as possible. Like my, I literally went to, you know, I'll have my mom or my sister find us whatever apartment there is available as close to the hospital as possible. And we'll just live in Boston. You know, we'll have somebody stay at the house to take care of the dog and the chickens and we're, we're living in Boston. And, and it was just, it wasn't, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? It wasn't, how am I going to get time off work? It wasn't, how's Chris going to get time off work? It was literally, we moved to Boston. We get an apartment in Boston. That's it. That wouldn't have been possible without the daily work that we do for the sake of financial freedom. This is not just for people who were born into money. I was not born into money. My mom was a school teacher for my whole life. I remember when, I don't know if this is how it is for all teachers, but she could decide whether to take her salary over 12 months or over nine months of the school year. And she chose to take her salary over the nine months of the school year, which meant she didn't get paid over the summer. And so we wouldn't get school supplies until school started and mom got her first paycheck. Like, I tell you that because I didn't come from money. I did not come from money. I think the most money my mom has ever given me is like my ridiculous cell phone bill back when there was like roaming charges or I went over my minutes or something in college and my phone got shut off. 
I didn't come for money. Financial freedom doesn't require that you start when you're young. Financial freedom doesn't require that you, you know, develop some crazy invention. It doesn't require that you come from money or anything like that. It is for everybody, and it is not about the material possessions. It is about our ability to live life fully, to live life on our terms. I want to ask you, if you haven't thought about this, if you can't define it clearly and quickly, then you need to spend some more time with it. What is financial freedom to you? What does financial freedom mean to you? Maybe it means being able to pay all your bills without stress. Maybe it means if you need new tires, it's not an emergency. Maybe it means being able to show up for somebody who's in crisis and not worry about how you're going to pay for it. For me, I want to be able to serve my family and friends without limitation. There was somebody in my family who uh, was going through a tough time and, and didn't even like come to me to tell me about it, but kind of made a passing remark about needing to wait for the next paycheck before, before something could happen. And I wrote a check and I put it in the mail just with a, I love you. They didn't ask me for money, but a huge part of financial freedom to me is being able to do that and not feeling limited in that. Have you ever wanted to help somebody who was going through a hard time, but you couldn't? That is one of many reasons that I think we all need to take this pursuit of financial freedom a lot more seriously. Financial freedom to me is yes, absolutely being able to meet the immediate needs of my family with you know, our housing expenses and food and all of that without stress, absolutely. Like there's enough stress in life, Financial freedom to me is that money is not a stressor in my home. That is important. Money is one of the leading causes of divorce. I'm sure there's people listening who can relate to that. And to me, that's optional. That is optional. And there are going to be stressors on my marriage that, that I can't control. Money is one that I can control and I will control it. You know, we can't control the stress that losing our daughter puts on our marriage. But you better believe we both have massive control over whether or not money is a stressor for us. And it won't be. It won't be. I just will not have that be a thing because I have control over it. I read something the other day that said lack of money is not a problem. It's a result. Lack of money is not a problem. It's a result. It's a result of your habits. It's a result often of your lack of creativity or your lack of consistency or the fact that you have let other things like spending four hours a week watching TV, and for a lot of people, that's four hours a night, get in the way of financial freedom. So I digressed a little bit. What is financial freedom to you? For me, it's that money is not a stressor in my, in my relationship. For me, it is being able to show up for the people I love without restriction Sometimes that means physically showing up, like flying to Germany day of when there was a crisis. Sometimes it means being able to contribute financially. Sometimes it means being able to take two weeks off work because that's what somebody needs for me and not worrying about money. Living life on my own terms. And again, is it selfish? No, it's selfless. I perceive my perspective, just one woman's perspective here, that it's selfish not to make this a priority. It's selfish not to make this a daily pursuit. 
because you're putting your comfort and your convenience over your ability to show up and make an impact in the world and in your family and in your friend group. Think about who you could help and how you could help if you weren't limited by your own financial means. That's the thing. Like, I don't ever want to be limited in how I can show up for somebody else because of money. I don't want that at all. I don't want that at all. Lack of money is not a problem. It's a result. It's a result of your behaviors. It's a result of your problem solving. It's a result of your creativity. Now, I don't know how many of you have read Cashflow Quadrant by uh, Robert Kiyosaki. It's like a classic money book. It's a, good, it's a good read if you haven't been through it, especially just to get like a foundational understanding of moving from kind of living paycheck to paycheck to really creating wealth. And I want you to imagine for a second like a grid, you know, so we have um, like a plus sign, right? You know, you draw a plus sign and then you've got four boxes, top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. And you can Google this. If you Google Cashflow Quadrant, um, you'll see it. It's another book by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, isn't that the one I just mentioned? I don't even know. Anyway, this, this quadrant that he talks about. So the top half of the plus sign, you have E in the top left. You have B in the top right. You have S in the lower left. You have I in the lower right. Okay, so E, top left, stands for employee. Employee. Below that, bottom left, S stands for self-employed, right? So that's the left side of this little grid here, this little quadrant. E, employee, S, self-employed. And that's earned income, right? So when you're an employee, you trade your time for money. They differentiate between self-employed, which is still left side below the E, and business owner, right? Because somebody who is self-employed, they still own their job. Let's say, for example, that um, you're a self-employed lawn care specialist, all right? And you didn't want to work for the landscaping company, so you started your own thing, you put up some signs, and when somebody needs their lawn mowed, they call you, Joe, Joe's Lawn Care. You're still on the left side because even though you don't have a boss, you're still trading your time for money. If Joe from Joe's Lawn Care takes a three-week vacation to Bermuda, Joe's not getting paid, right? Now, when we move to the other side, left side of the quadrant is employee and self-employed. When we move to the right side, business owner, top right, investor, bottom right, that is when you can make money without trading your time for it. So if Joe was a business owner, that is different from being self-employed. I remember when I learned this about primal potential, I was kind of like, uh, so glad somebody told me that and wish they had told me a long time ago. They were basically like, don't call yourself a business owner yet. You own your job. You are self-employed and that's not the same thing as being a business owner. And they were telling me this before I had a team. And where I was kind of like Joe from Joe's Lawn Care, but it was Elizabeth, Primal Potential, and it was just me. And if I wasn't doing things, things weren't getting done. I wasn't a business owner. I was self-employed. Still on that left side, trading my time for money. There wasn't the same ceiling on my income as there was when I worked for somebody else and they determined what I made. But still, at that time, 
if I wanted to go with Joe to Bermuda for three weeks, I wasn't getting paid. Now, we move over to that right side and we've got business owner and investor, that's when things start to change. If Joe decides he wants to be a business owner instead of just being self-employed, Joe gets 10 people who do the work for him and Joe can be making money as the business owner even if he never cuts another lawn a day in his life. There's a big difference between being self-employed and being a business owner right? And then the investor piece of it is my money works for me even when I'm not working. And a business owner is is part of that, right? But the business owners, they don't own their job the way that self-employed people do. They have a system. They own a system or they own a product that makes money even when they aren't working, right? The investor side of things is they take that money that they make and their money makes money when they're not doing it. Now, Robert Kiyosaki talks about the percentage here. It's not, I don't want anybody to get the the impression that like you're doing something wrong if you're an employee or you're doing something wrong if you're self-employed. Not at all. There are still aspects of primal potential that fall into that self-employed bucket. There are certainly parts that fall into the business owner perspective or the business owner bucket, but there's nothing wrong with being an employee. There's nothing at all wrong with being self-employed. They can all be a big part of wealth, but here's the thing. The percentage of your income that comes from earned income versus passive income or investable income, money that you get without doing work. So ultimately, what Robert Kiyosaki talks about is wealthy people having 70% or more of their income coming from investments and 30% coming from earned income. So I think it's awesome to be employed or to be self-employed. We just don't want that to be where the story ends for you. We want to make sure that you have some of that investor side or that business owner side, one or the other, or a mix. And a lot of people think, well, I'm an investor. I have a 401k. Okay, but let's go back to that percentage. Of the money that is coming into your checking account every single month, what is the percentage breakdown? The more we can have as a percentage coming from things that are more passive, things that you're not actively working for or trading your time for, the better off we're going to be. It's not that we have to decrease the percentage that's coming from earned income. I think it's great to try and make more money. I think it's great to ask for a raise and all of those things. Yes, yes, yes. But we want to be increasing the percentage of our income that is coming from things that are passive, right? So your earned income, there's a couple different types of income that I want to talk about. And the reason that I'm doing this, you know, people ask like why and primal potential, which is about improving your life. Are we talking about these things like what type of incomes there are? Because it's a huge part of physical health. It's a huge part of life. It's a huge part of happiness, right? We're three times more likely to have some type of mental health issue if we have a financial issue. Earned income. If you have a job, if you get a paycheck, that is earned income, right? I consider primal potential mostly earned income. There are absolutely things that I could step away and still make money. For example, if I step away from Primal, chasing cupcakes is still going to make money. But 
if I step away, my employees can keep things going, but like only for so long, right? So there are pieces of primal potential that I consider passive income, like chasing cupcakes. But even though it's on the business owner side and the self-employed side, there's like crossover there. Uh, the majority of my income from primal potential, I would call earned income. I am involved in that, even though I have a team and a growing team, that is mostly earned income. Portfolio income is basically money that comes from capital gains, right? So you put some money in the stock market and the stock does well, and then you sell it and you've earned an income from that, that can be considered portfolio income. So I think it's awesome. If you have a 401k and you're reinvesting your dividends, that is awesome. But it's likely not that significant as a percentage of your total income. If it is awesome, you're crushing it. Way to go. That's awesome. And then there's passive income. And passive income is money that you earn in a way that requires little to no daily effort to maintain. So for example, I have an investment property in New Hampshire, and I have a tenant in that property, and she pays me more per month than my mortgage and my insurance and my taxes. So there's a little bit of passive income that comes from that every single month. Now, here's, here's the issue with that. The amount of money that it took for me to get into that deal can be far off for a lot of people. Now, it's not, it's not six figures or anything like that. But if you figure you buy an investment property and you put 20% down and then any repairs and then the costs of getting a tenant in there and all of that kind of stuff, it can be expensive to get involved in that. I still think it's a worthy pursuit, even if it's something that you're saving up for to move into five years or 10 years down the line. I definitely think that it's worth it, but it's not the easiest way to go about passive income. Um, chasing cupcakes is a great example of passive income. I don't do anything really, whether I should is another story. I don't really do anything to promote Chasing Cupcakes on a regular basis right now, almost nothing. So I put a lot of work into it, like years of work into it, and now it just continues to pay with little to no effort to maintain. That is passive income. Another example of passive income for me, I mentioned real estate, I mentioned Chasing Cupcakes, uh, is Amare network marketing company. And you might be thinking, what is passive about that? You have to be very active. At first, just like writing Chasing Cupcakes. At first, if somebody said, oh my gosh, writing a book, you think that's going to be passive income? That's going to be a ton of work. It was at first, but that's the beautiful thing about a good passive income strategy is that there is work on the front end, but it diminishes over time. And as the work goes down, the income goes up, right? The income goes up. And I say all the time, because I used to be like adamantly against network marketing, and I think there are a lot of crappy companies out there, but that's a story for another day. I believe that we all participate in network marketing. We just don't all get paid for it, right? So every single time that you say, have you read such and such? Oh my gosh, I loved it. You have to read it. That is network marketing. My question is, did you get paid for it? When you say, have you tried that new pizza place down the road? It's seriously the best pizza on Cape Cod. That is network marketing. But I would venture to guess that the restaurant isn't paying you to say that. Network marketing is nothing more than sharing a product or a service that you have experience with, with somebody in your network. 
We do that all the time. Most of us just don't get paid for it. And a lot of reasons that people feel weird about it is because either they haven't found a product that they love so much that they want to tell people about, or they have seen examples of people doing it in like a sketchy way, dropping into the DMs like, hey, girl, check out my shake. No, 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 no. That's, that's got nothing to do with network marketing and everything to do with somebody who doesn't really know sales. Um, but it became a hell yes for me, that particular network marketing opportunity, because the products changed my life so significantly and so dramatically that I was going to tell people about it whether I was getting paid for it or not, because it's no different than like if I read a book that I thought was really amazing. I, I tell people, and so it became very natural and very easy and very effortless to do. And sure enough, month after month, the income grows, even though the amount of time I'm spending building it doesn't grow month after month. My friend Sarah Hine, who is uh, making healthy six figures every single month from this particular Amare opportunity. She has experience in network marketing that I don't. And she says that the way she explains it to people is that it starts out, you know, you work, 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 get paid. And then work, 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 get paid, work, work. And then work, work, get paid, work, get paid, work, get paid, get paid, get paid, get paid. And I, and I love that because sometimes we want things to have an immediate effect, but most passive income stuff doesn't start that way. Heck, when I bought my my investment condo, I spent a lot of money and a lot of time before I had my first tenant in there. And then when I first had her in there, I mean, okay, so great. We're in month three of this investment and I've spent six figures and uh, I made $213. (laughs) Like, really? (laughs) Really? And then the next month, you know, I've spent about the same amount of money and now my my profit is about uh, $440. Like, okay, we're really just making a big impact here. Not at all. But over time, over time, it changes. Work a lot, get paid a little until work a lot, get paid a lot until work a little, get paid a lot. That is the beauty of passive income. And I just want to make it really freaking clear that it is for everybody. Even if we look at that real estate example, right? And I kind of like poo-pooed it because it, it takes a fair amount of money to get started in most cases. But I'll add this caveat, not always. There are a ton of people making a killing in real estate using OPM, OPM stands for other people's money. Other people's money. People who have the money to spend, but they don't want to be boots on the ground finding the deals and doing the work. You find somebody like that that you know is an investor and you you have a great opportunity for them, which you don't fall into. You come into it through work, 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 and studying the market and looking at deals and learning how to figure out cost benefit analysis and all of those kinds of things. But then when you've put in enough time and you say, I've got a really good deal. Here's how I know it's a really good deal. Here's my plan for it. You can get involved using other people's money and maybe they get the lion's share of the profit and you get a little bit. But as you do more deals and you build trust, there is a way to do it without breaking the bank. I feel strongly, and I've said this before, that we should all have multiple streams of income. Right? And in my mind, for whatever reason, seven is the number that is right for me. I want to have seven streams of income. And I don't think I'm there yet. I think I'm around five. But 
seven streams of income. And if you're like seven, that sounds crazy. Great. Then have two. Start by having two. And for me, I don't want them all in the same areas. If you haven't lost your job yet, you will. If your business hasn't experienced a downturn yet, it will. And it's not, it's not something that happens to us. If you get crushed because your business experiences a downturn or you lost your job or your spouse lost their job, that didn't happen to you. You had an opportunity to diversify and you didn't take it when you could. And that's why I feel like it's such a huge responsibility. People tend to only get creative and only really hustle when they're, when they're screwed, when their back is up against a wall. And the way I see it is I want to hustle and I want to do this work so that when my back is up against a wall, I've got options or so that my back is never up against a wall, right? I've shared before that um, the very week that Dagny died, I want to say it was it was maybe the next day. I had to get on the phone with Primal COO, and um, it, it was definitely in the first two or three days. I had to get on the phone with Primal COO and have a conversation about pulling the launch of our spring 12 weeks to transformation because of coronavirus. We never pulled a launch before. In fact, truth be told, Primal Potential had never had a losing month. We had never had a month in business, six years in business, where we had lost money. And we had to make a decision to pull the launch because of coronavirus. And we had our first month losing money, followed by our second month losing money, starting the very week that our daughter died. And if it weren't for the steps that we had taken to diversify our income, that would have been crippling for us but I continued to get paid from Amare every week. My income from Amare continued to grow because it's passive income. And the little bit, you know, I can't live off what I make on an investment property, you know, but it's, but it's the stuff that comes in when earned income stops. And it's really important, and, and I get so passionate about this, and I'm not afraid to talk about money, and I'm not afraid to offer people an opportunity, and I'm not afraid to talk about why I think network marketing makes so much sense, because you don't have to have thousands of dollars to get started, and you don't have to have a lot of time. I'm not afraid to talk about this, because I know one day you're going to need it, or you're going to wish that you could help somebody, but you can't because of the amount of money in your bank account, or because you can't take time off work. Something's going to happen and you're going to need that money or you're going to lose your job and I don't want you to feel like you're screwed because you're not because there are so many options. There are so many options. We have never lived in a better day and time when it comes to our ability to be financially free, our ability to get out of debt, to stay out of debt, to build wealth. And we don't do it for ourselves. I mean, maybe some people do, and that's like that's their prerogative. I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. But I think a lot of you are like me in that I don't care about a flashy car. My car has 72,000 miles on it, and I have no plans of getting rid of it anytime soon because it's perfectly fine, and it gets me from point A to point B, you know? But the reason that I want this freedom is for my family. The reason I want this freedom is so that I can be generous, and so that I can show up and so that I can help people and so that when there is a crisis or there is an emergency and there will be crises and there will be emergencies, I am able to show up and to step up and to help. So I want you to think about this.
I want you to think about what financial freedom is to you. And I want you to think about, okay, my earned income is one bucket and I don't think there's anything wrong in the world. In fact, I think everybody should be looking to increase their earned income for sure. If that means getting a second job, earning a pay raise, and you'll notice I didn't say asking for a pay raise because I think it's something that you need to prove your value for. But find a way to increase your earned income for sure, but start looking at portfolio income or passive income, right? Investing more, investing better, reinvesting your dividends if you're currently getting them as checks right now. Join the great network marketing company. Obviously, I'd love to have you on my team because my team's awesome and we have fun and we make money and we make impact and that's really cool. But maybe you're like, you know what? I've been wanting to get into real estate. Great, do that. Do something. We get one shot at this life and I don't doubt for a second that we won't be able to make a dramatically bigger impact and take better care of the people that we love and the people who love us if we do this work, this very important work to create financial freedom. It matters. We can all do more to earn more. We can do more to invest more in things that return. We can waste less money. The key is involvement. How involved are you in the solution? It's not enough to think about it. What creates change is what you do with it. If I like had to wipe the slate clean and start over, I would absolutely do something related to money and creating wealth because it's a huge priority for me and it's why I love incorporating it into primal potential because it is such a big part of health and happiness and all of those things. But if you've got questions, if you want to talk about this, if you want to learn more about network marketing or you want to pick my brain about anything related to this, or if you want to argue with me about it, not just for the sake of arguing, but because you've got a different point, reach out. DM me on Instagram, at Elizabeth Benton. I feel so important. Like I just feel so convicted to, to talk more about this because I know that it could change your life. And I also know that in addition to changing your life, it can change the lives and the experiences of people that you love. And that is incredibly important. It is a responsibility. I see this as an obligation for all of us. If you are feeling convicted that you aren't doing enough, consider this your invitation to do more. Consider this your invitation to do more. I sat down with Chris when we were setting goals uh, at the beginning of this month, actually, and I, and I told him specific goals for how much passive income we want to be bringing in as a family at the end of July, at the end of September, and by the end of December. And every month, those numbers grow. And every day, I have to be in action. It doesn't happen because I want it to happen. It happens because I take steps, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it to do the work when you can so that it's there to benefit you when you can't, to do the work when you can and also when you don't want to so that you can be a blessing to somebody else when it really matters. So DM me on Instagram. I also, oh, I made myself a note to say this. A few weeks ago, because I get a lot of questions about, you know, like, oh my gosh, Elizabeth, you said for so long you were against network marketing. What changed? I put together a PDF on how if I could go back to the beginning of Primal Potential, what I would do differently. And one of the things, or actually the biggest thing is that I would join a good network marketing company because I think it gives you the tools and the resources and the skills and the community to build confidence and to build your voice and to network 
and it puts you in a group of people who are builders. And, and they always say your network is your net worth. And the amount of connections that I've made since joining this particular network marketing team have paid off exponentially in the doors that it has opened for me and the people I've been able to collaborate with. So if you want that PDF, either message me directly on Facebook or DM me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. You get a faster response on Instagram because that's the social media place where I spend the most time. Not a fan of Facebook um, at Elizabeth Benton. But let's have this be the beginning of the conversation and not the end, okay? It is so important. Let's have it be the beginning of the conversation and not the end. Make a step today. Make a change today. Make a commitment today. Talk to people in your life about this. Come up with 10 ideas, even if 9.9 of them are dumb ideas. That's how we get started. I know that this is a powerful part of your future, and I hope that you will step through this door of opportunity. Make it a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.